We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine and follow us on YouTube, Seahawks Man to Man YouTube channel. Shout out to everyone who has subscribed on there. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. All right, we have a special guest joining us to continue our post-NFL draft coverage. You heard from Chris and I as we pretended to know what we were talking about, about the guys that the Seahawks drafted. Here, now we're going to bring on someone who knows a lot more than we do. Uh, we have the homie Sam Gold joining us. What up, Sam? How's it going? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, I can speak for myself. I'm doing okay. Chris, you all right? Man, the sun's out. It's 60-plus. <laughs> Things are going much better here, most definitely. And I think that the anyone who was skeptical of the Seahawks regime, you know, of the direction their offseason was going in a post-Russell post Wilson and Bobby Wagner era, like myself, I feel like now is like a pivot in the right direction, you know, just because of how well the draft went. But that's how I feel. Me and Chris talked about how we feel about the draft. So when you saw the nine people that the Seahawks drafted uh, last weekend, you know, what, what was your reaction? How do you feel about it? I was super impressed. I was shocked by how much they did not reach for players and did not take that that fourth round talent in the second round or do something ridiculous like that. Uh, I was a little bit surprised they didn't take a quarterback or go after one. Uh, but I guess I guess I guess this is what we're doing. We're uh, I think this I think we're embracing the uh, the year with uh, Locke and and Geno Smith and and maybe we're going all in on a 2023 quarterback. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting. And I think the one thing that I kind of wanted them to do was some sort of uh, trade down to get more future assets uh, in order to use those in order to be able to trade up in case they're not, you know, a top three, top five pick. Uh, that didn't happen, but I believe John Schneider said that they tried and it, and it kind of fell through uh, for that Charles Cross pick. Um, regardless, the players they got, uh, I like pretty much every single one of them. There's a, there's a lot of talent there. Um, certain ones I have a little bit higher, certain ones I have a little bit lower. Um, overall, A plus. A, it was a very solid draft. 
A plus. That's a high grade. I mean, I, that's a right where a lot of people are giving them B plus, A minus, mm. A. Like they did. It's the value yeah. thing. It's the idea that like you know you didn't take guy graded in the fourth round. Yeah, like you mentioned, super high. You know, first round pick or whatever. And to, the point about uh, the trading down is something I hadn't really even considered even on our last pod, um, which is interesting because there were a lot of trades up in that yeah. first round. Like Detroit moved, or yeah, Detroit moved twenty spots up without giving up a 2023 first round pick that okay. is absurd it's nuts like to see i don't i don't remember what washington got uh, you're a washington guy what did washington get for moving back from out of the 11? third and fourth uh they got from moving from 11 to 16 and if you look at like the standard trade chart it that it adds up but i figured i figured more teams would be trying to get future picks but i guess since it was a it was a buyer's market they they probably didn't need to they probably didn't need to add them yeah, no, that was the interesting part. Like one of the other interesting subplots of like the whole draft was that first round where a team like New Orleans moves up, a team like Detroit moves up 20 spots and no first round picks for next year really exchanged other than the Saints getting into this round, into the first round ahead of the draft. That was that was kind of crazy. Uh, so you could see why John Snyder was probably on the phone like, you want to give us what now? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> we're going to stay at nine and, and, and take Charles. But Real quick, one more kind of broad uh, question on the on the class. You mentioned what we all can kind of see as the plan right now is roll with either Drew, Drew uh, Locke or Geno Smith at quarterback and either use those 2021 or 2023 first round picks on a rookie uh, next year, either in a trade up or a native pick or maybe trade for a veteran. Either way, 2022, we got the guys. It's either Drew or it's Geno. How do you feel about that plan kind of now that we know what the rest of the roster will look like around those two quarterbacks? I mean, knowing knowing the plan just pretty much it's I think it makes sense. I think I think logically I I can work through the fact that none of this quarterback class was bad. I think we we all agree it was it was a pretty bad class. Um I think it was interesting how far Malik Willis fell. He was the one guy that I thought if there's anybody gonna be a first round pick, I thought it was gonna be him. Um, so him falling to the third round was very interesting and not seeing the Seahawks go after him in the second with either pick or even the third again. Um, knowing the Seahawks are now starting Drew Locke and Geno Smith, I think it's pretty clear that this is going to be a bad season. Uh, <laughs> I, I can, I can, they're going to be a top 10 pick again. I just, I can't, I cannot see this team winning enough games to get out of the top 10, um, especially without Russell Wilson. I just, I just can't see it. Um, so I think we're. I think we'll be like pick six or pick seven, but you'll you'll we'll see. Oh, pick six would be that's rough. That's like a four win team, four or five win team. I it's think. a bad season, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that's pretty rough. That make that Germany game that just got announced really brutal. Yeah, that... <laughs> losing by like thirty to the Bucks or something like that. Mm. <laughs> six a.m. local time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a tweet in the draft ready, but I said I'm not going to send this out. I'm not going to have any negative energy. It's yeah. all good. It's it, realistic energy is what I like to call it, but you're right. I didn't want to do that. I just said it's too damn early, but I'm going to watch anyway because I got a job to do. But I want to get to the picks, the, the players that were drafted by the Seahawks. And we'll start off, obviously, with the number ninth overall pick that the Seahawks went with, and that's Charles Cross. On the film that you were able to watch and study, how well do you see Charles fitting in with the Seahawks system considering Pete has been talking about it for the last two, three years, the run game, being physical, controlling the game. How do you see him fitting back when the Seahawks want to get within the roots of the run game. Yeah, uh, I love the Charles Cross pick. He was the guy that I mocked to them. He was the guy that I wanted them to pick, and he was the guy that they picked. It was like the three-fur in terms of what I actually wanted and hoped to happen. 
what Charles Cross offers is an incredible athlete in the way he moves, the agility, the footwork, and pretty much everything that you want in terms of a starting left tackle. And what's fascinating is that he is not a power road grading blocker. He's actually pretty much the exact opposite. He's, he's never going to overpower a player. His drive blocks are fine. His, his normal like one-on-one gap style power stuff, the down blocks are fine. They're not going to, he's not, he's never going to kill a person to the ground and, you know, you know, and, and just, you know, destroy them that way. He's the guy that's going to get in position. He's going to get his hips around them and he's going to hold them to the side and allow his running back to, to, to squeeze right on by. He's that guy. And he's really, really good at it. And in terms of a run team, I feel like everybody has this belief that you have to, you have to have the, the Ikemaquanu approach to it, which is long arms destroy the guy and empower him outside uh, the, the sideline or something, which, which was ridiculous for the record. Uh, but in terms of what the Seahawks are trying to do in the zone blocking scheme, this Charles Cross is everything. He, he fits it perfectly in, in, the, in that respect. And I, it's, to me, it's, an, it's a solid A-grade pick. I loved it. Now, he was from, coming from an air raid system where yeah. they're just throwing the ball all over the field, and that's something that is one of his strengths. So where do you think he still needs to improve on at the next level considering he's going to go up against elite pass rushers all across the league? Yeah, um, I think from my standpoint, uh, in terms of pass blocking, I think he does most things right. How he glides to his, how he glides into his sets, um, how he uses his hands typically are fine. Um, his anchor is actually surprisingly good. Um, I think on the few times where he did get beat on a stunt or or didn't pass them off correctly, he made up for it later on. So I saw improvement on a game-by-game basis in that respect. Um, I think the one area that Charles Cross needs to improve on, and this is going to be difficult, it's, it's winning, it's redirecting on inside moves. So if a pass rusher steps outside with his first two, three steps and then cuts inside with kind of, you know, like a, like a swipe or like a rip move back inside or, uh, you know, anything like that, Charles Cross had a very hard time shifting back and going back the other direction after he moved out to his left. And so what would happen is that he would get beat inside um, after he was set up outside. If I was a pass rusher, that's my number one move I'm going to hit him with. I'm going to hit him with that until he fixes it. And then I'm going to start working back outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm also going to try to set him up outside to work back inside. And I think, I think we'll see some interesting breakdowns between Damian Lewis at the left guard spot and Charles cross at the left tackle spot. I think we're going to see some interesting uh, kind of who's responsible for this guy. We're going to have some rookie mistakes early on in that, yeah. in that regard. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think he's like a nine out of 10 pass blocker. So I'm, 100% okay with it. That's great news. Well, no, it, and I was thinking about this, like, for as you go from as bad as, like, the Seahawks have been, like, the O-line just as a whole, you get Russell Okun, and then you have, what, like, two years where you don't have him? Maybe just 2016 you have George Fant, and then I think yeah. 2017 you got the Riso Diombo thing, and then you get Dwayne Brown midway through the year. And then you go from Dwayne Brown to Charles Cross, like hmm. – They've been bad at O-line in general, but, like, this is not, like, a bad little run of left tackle play. You yeah, know, like, 
aside from the George Fant year and the half of the year with Riso Diambo with two broken hands and 17, um, that's legit. He had two yeah. broken hands at the same goddamn time, uh, according to Pete Carroll. Like, according to that, like, year and a half, after that year and a half stretch there, you got, like, a decade, maybe another decade plus uh, of just, like, if nothing else, competent left tackle play, which is, like, really what you want to see from a competent uh, organization. And I was actually going to ask about, you know, what moves – what pass rush stuff trips up maybe rookies the most. Mm -hmm. And then that's before you had mentioned like, like Charles in particular, making get beat on inside stuff is getting beat on that inside stuff that Charles is not so good at. Is that just like a Charles thing? Or do you see that with like rookies when they get into the league that, you know, guys cutting across their face and beating them that way? Yeah, it's a good question. I, th I think, I think getting beat inside happens to a lot of players, especially when they, when they have kind of below average redirect in that, in that level. Um, What's going to be interesting to me is how much he improves at it. Uh, for me, it, it might just be an innate thing that he might just be a little bit bad at that. It may, it may be his ceiling in regards to winning on those inside moves isn't as high as what he can do on the outside stuff. Be, winning a, against a speed rusher and being able to, you know, opens his hips to turn and, and, and be able to uh, run the arc around that. Um, and be able to be able to move them outside. He's excellent at that. And I think his ceiling's an A plus guy to take on speed rushers uh, from the outside. The question I have is more on what is the upside for that inside move? Um, to answer your question on more rookie stuff, I think it's usually stunts in games. Um, I think sense. that's yeah. I think that's usually the thing. And then and then probably lunging. I see a lot of lungers. You see a lot of guys that will try to attack and, and try to uh, where, where they get they get kind of afraid of that pass rusher in space, so they lunge at them, and that's when they get beat. Uh, and Cross is patient, so it's that's like he he won't get beat very often on lunging. I think it's just those inside moves, honestly. I think that's going to kill him. Yeah, no, that's just to hear that. That's like all right. That's the thing. That's the one thing. I mean, that's it, yeah. though. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You I mean, get it. And this guy's twenty one years old, by the way. This is this is a young. Keep getting young better. Rookie. Yeah, he doesn't turn 22, I think, until November too. So he's gonna spend most yeah. of his rookie year as as a as a young pup. Like that, that's really encouraging. Uh, did you did you get a chance to watch the Bama game with Charles Cross? Uh, not after what uh, Pete Carroll said about how that was like his best game or whatever. I I haven't seen it since. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I went went and watched some of it. And just it, the athleticism. Like you don't think of like guys that big being athletic. Although watching Dwayne Brown, I certainly understand. Yeah. Like it was just kind of crazy to see like him out in space against bama guys <laughs> like the best of the best what's the kid's name from bama that's like should be like a top five pick next will year. anderson will anderson yeah it was like i had a hard time even figuring out which guy that was i wanted to see him go against charles i don't even know if he did he mm. may have done like one rep against that kid like it, it's really it's it's really special you know how like how good charles was in college how he's expected to be instantly in the pros like that has me believing in pete and john all over again just that pick <laughs> You got to believe somewhere. You mentioned the A-plus grade, and they didn't draft just offensive tackle. They didn't draft just wide receivers. They also got some defensive players, and they got a linebacker and Boy Mafe. He ran a 4-5-3 in the 40, and he looks to be that build of an outside linebacker that can play linebacker and also rush the passer. And the Seahawks are looking to go to that 3-4 front, which would probably have Mafe doing something similar to what he did in college. How do you see that fit for Mafe with the Seahawks? Yeah, in in terms of pure fit, I think it makes sense. I think in terms of like a scheme fit and how they'll use him, I think I think what he offers 
is very good in that respect. Like I, I can see why if, if, if they had him, you know, like a, like talent and schemes on one side, how it kind of checks the boxes for, for that level. I get it. Um, let's see. I just spent probably the last hour, hour and a half watching him. Uh, and so I think my number one takeaway I had was, and this is the negative, uh, okay. false steps, mm. the number of false steps he takes to start a pass rush. It killed me. Basically, you'll see him start with uh, in a two point stance, square up. He'll then take a foot, a one step backwards, and then he'll use that to propel forward. So instead of just stepping forward, he goes half step back, then forward. The thing is that as soon as he starts moving, damn, he's fast. Like that dude could move <laughs> and he's really impressive. But the fact that he adds that little extra half or, or false step, you can tell he gets about a half of a second behind the rest of the pass rushers on the offensive line. Go watch, go watch through his games in, in Ohio State. Man, I never want to watch that game for the rest of my life. <laughs> don't, don't watch that game. Um, you'll see four guys on the line of scrimmage. You'll see three guys already past the line of scrimmage. And Boy Mafe is a half a step back and then going forward. And then he catches up. It was like every single play. And I was like, you'd be so much better if you just didn't do this. <laughs> and so if he can fix that, which I think he can. And, and for me, I think a lot of it comes down to how he reads run versus pass. I think he's hesitant. I think he's, I think he sees, play action i think he sees run responsibilities and he gets too much in his head where he overthinks it he'll start being like oh there's a potential handoff there's a zone read option here what do i do what do i do there's a there's a there's a blocker coming at me and then the quarterback will have already had the ball for a full second and then he's like now i go and by that point it's too late consistent problems against play action consistent problems against zone read options it was one of those things where in my opinion, you get him into an obvious pass rush situation where he doesn't have to think about those things. He's going to be great. And so in my opinion, he's a third down specialist at this point in his career, which I think I think that fits the Seahawks because they have, what, Daryl Taylor, and, yeah. and they signed the guy from the Chargers. Was it Owasu? Yeah, yep. Uchenna and Owasu, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be all right. I think as kind of that rotational third down specialist to start his career as he gets better at kind of getting quicker at identifying run versus pass, I think he can keep improving. So that is where I see him as a, um, as kind of a potential in this scheme, at least to start his rookie year. I don't think he's going to be the chase young where he gets eight to 10 sacks. I think he's going to have some cleanup plays. I think he'll probably end up with four to five sacks, something like that. But I don't see him as like a, a crazy impactful player year one, un unless they allow him just to slowly rush the passer. Yeah, I, I could I could see that, and that was really for me all the second round guys. If they took an edge rusher, whether it was the kid from Penn State, yeah. whether it was the kid from Oklahoma who who I liked, um, mm, uh, kid from uh, South Carolina who I might have went undrafted. The Kings, uh, Kings I think he went like the fifth round. Is like fifth round Kingsley something. Yeah, yeah. All of those guys when I was projecting them, I was like, even the kid from Michigan. If they'd have took him, that um, I think blew his uh, Achilles. Jabo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want like, I wanted a Jabo. Yeah, I, I just thought they couldn't. They couldn't afford the luxury of waiting. Like, I think who took him? The Chiefs? I think the Chiefs uh, took, him. took him. Somebody. No, I thought it was the Ravens. I thought oh, it was yeah. the Ravens. I was going to say the Chiefs yeah. or the Ravens. A team in the second was great him. value. 
Yeah, and I think that it was just a team that could afford to, you know. Yeah. So I think that whether it's the Seahawks kind of needed that help right away. But I feel like the guys they got, like if if they took like Thibodeau at nine, like okay, cool, he might just unseat Daryl or Chenna right away. But even yeah. if you take like a Boy or a, or a Kingsley or an Arnold from Penn State, like yeah, you're, a third you're down three. guy is fine. It's fine because yeah. yeah, like Chris has a rule. Chenna is twenty five. <laughs> Daryl is twenty five. Yeah, like these ain't twenty five. Yeah, yeah it's, he's a young guy. I think he, he's I think he was like, uh, he might have been like Rasheem Green, where he got drafted at like twenty or twenty one. Uh, okay. It might be like that because Rasheem Green's only twenty five. Like Rasheem Green doesn't even turn twenty five until after this show comes out. How old's Boye? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think Boye actually might be around that age already. Like he's, I think he's kind of old, right? Yeah, I think he was an older prospect. I think he's twenty three or twenty four. He's twenty three and he turns twenty four at the end of November. That's yeah, right. I think he got the it's same old. birthday as Russ. <laughs> yeah, he's old he in does. NFL terms. Yeah, yeah so like, he's an old guy. But like, I think Seas- it, seasoned. <laughs> well said. That it is. That is. But I, I, I like the. I, I did. I did like the pick, and I think yeah, the third down roll is going to be really important. I think it's really hard to play our early downs in the NFL because yeah, you do have to defend the run. Right, and then, and that's the thing is that as as like a pure run defender, um, he showed a little bit of upside in terms of like taking on tight ends and stuff like that. I thought his anchor was just okay, and and that's and that's it's weird to say that because every single report I read was was saying that like coaches like gushed over his strength and his and his like athleticism and all these other things, and like I maybe I misread that, but. Uh, his anchor was just okay, and, and maybe just needs to create better leverage or use his hips better in order to kind of pop. His hand, his hand usage was his. There, there wasn't a ton of pop in his hands, and um, I think you can keep getting better at that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he's a solid player. I, I had him more as like a late second, early third round grade, so I'm fine with it. Like it was my favorite pick, but obviously because I thought Akibi or Ekabite or how do you? Or I don't know. How to say from, you see it from saying the kid yeah. from Penn State, right? Yeah, I ain't trying to butcher the last name. Arnold. <laughs> yep, his first name Arnold. Arnold. I know that. I get. Yeah, that like right. I, I had him higher, so like I probably would have taken him, but I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, he fits the scheme. He, 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 he does what they want to do. I think the Seahawks probably agree with with that. I think uh, I gotta go look at how the draft played out. I'm pretty sure. I think Atlanta probably traded up and took that kid from Penn State. I think you're right. Just, just to get ahead of the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I think the Bears. With the next pick, took Kyler Gordon from Washington. And oh I, yeah, I bet right. you the Seahawks were just like John sitting there, like holy hell, guys! Like, yeah. <laughs> like taking the guys that. that so wait, John using. looking around to the scouts, like, all right, who leaked our board to the Falcons? Come on, <laughs> who was it? You're fired. Who, who said some? <laughs> who leaked our board to Chicago? What's going on here? But I think I think Boy is a good. Uh, I don't want to say consolation. But I think he's going to be a good good situational player early on. One last thing on him: if there was a trait that you loved or that really stands out with him. What is you know what is it? Bend, twitch, speed to power, just an array uh, of moves. What does he bring? His, um, all right, it's his stab to swipe and rip outside. And so imagine it this way: imagine he doesn't do that false step thing we already talked about, and he just blasts up the field in two steps, which he did that against Washington, Nebraska. That's more fun. That game's a lot more fun. He does two to three steps. He gets his inside arm on that shoulder plate. He then takes his inside hand, his other hand swipes down, and then he, he moves his hips through. Then he gets his hips around, and, and he was able to create some pressures. That stab to kind of swipe and rip move, that's going to be fun. It was very dangerous with that when he did not false step, and he just knew he could just do it. So I, I think that's where you see the potential, and that's where I think in terms of like an upside play, I get it. 
we just got to get rid of the little minor stuff and get rid of the false steps and we're good. How easy or how challenging is it to get rid of that false step? Because we had on offensive lineman, what's his name? Ray Roberts about two and a half weeks ago. And he talked about that with offensive linemen, how they sometimes have a false start, mm. false step, excuse me. And they, instead of backing up, they make a side step to the right or yeah. left. And that gives the defenders. Well, they square up and then open up. Yeah, Exactly. So how is that a challenge to eliminate that false step in your game and always explode forward? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's a really good question. I can't really answer that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm optimistic, but it's, I, I'm hoping... I'm really hoping it stems from run versus pass idea. Yeah, okay. I'm really hoping that's the case. If it doesn't, I have no idea how you fix it. And that's well, it, like, I'm going to, I'm going to let the professionals figure that out. You're a professional. It's okay. Well, no, well, <laughs> the, well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, this is one of those times where it really helps that your defensive coordinator is a former D lineman. Yeah. yeah. Like so, it, so, it's useful for certain positions. Like if your former, if your coach is a former like DB and you take a DB that needs you know, some polish, like it helps, like this is, it'll help yeah. way that his, the guy, you know, getting his hands on him early to teach him the scheme is going to be a guy who knows pass rush as well as probably anybody in the league. Like Clint, Clint knows his stuff. Uh, let's let's go to the next pick that they took, uh, Kenneth Walker the third, you know, out of Michigan State with the forty first overall pick. Before we get to the, the player, Kenneth the player, Sam, where are you at on the? You got to pick a side on the Seahawks Twitter civil war here. It's basically yeah. the nerds versus people who like Kenneth's highlights. Pretty much, I'm kind of in the middle, but I lean more toward nerdiness, I guess. Uh, where are you at on people? There's the one side that is uh, Seahawks. How dare you take a running back at 41? You guys not understand positional value, you idiots. <laughs> and then there's like, I, 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 I hear you, but I googled Kenneth Walker highlights, and that dude is electric. <laughs> so I don't fun. care. His highlights. Hey, are Chris, where are you on this? Where, where, where do you land okay. on the spectrum? It's funny you mention that because Mike and I we do we have a radio show now, and we talked uh -huh. about it on air. And I was hedging my bets. I couldn't give Mike. <laughs> yes, Mike, you're 100% right. Or no, Mike, you're 100% wrong. It was more so, Mike, I understand where you're coming from, but what if the Seahawks saw a scenario where 
if we don't get this guy, I really don't like any other running back that we could potentially get. So why mm-hmm. would I let him go, Kenneth Walker, that is, the third, and then try to get some other position of value of need, for example, center, right? There was – who was the uh, – was it Tyler? There was a couple guys that was on the board. Cam so Jurgens was on the board at the That time. was one of them. And Tyler, I believe, was another one. Uh, I don't remember. It. No, uh, not the Iowa kid. Baltimore he went, took him. Uh, okay. He went 27 or something or 24. Okay, so we'll go with Mike's first yeah, player. That's where I was kind of torn because I thought the process of, okay, we're not going to let this guy go because the highlights are nasty. And the value, sure. Highlights are nasty. <laughs> they are. They, the Seahawks still need a center. Right now, they got the gentleman from the Chiefs that was banged up, Austin Blythe. Blythe he's been yeah. he's been banged up. I don't know how good or how bad he is. The Seahawks really seem to think he's really good, taking a risk on him, considering he was out last season. So with that and with that knowledge, I think the Seahawks were saying we like what we have in Austin. Now that could be tongue in cheek, because how many times have they liked the guy out of the offensive line? He's been horrid. All right, mm-hmm. we've seen years and years of the Seahawks. Oh, we like this guy. We're gonna, you know, he's gonna be. Britt, for example, he never really became that guy. Where are you at, though, on the pick? Not what they were thinking, though. He said, where are you at? I'm yeah. getting to that. A, a through F. A through F. What yeah, you come on. Hey, thank you, Sam. Come on. Where Mike, are you at you. on the pick? What, I, what, what, Mike, what do you got with that A through F? Well, I liked it. Oh, I want Chris to give his. I liked it. Was your I grade? thought it was – I liked it. I thought it was okay. Give the grade. Come on. Oh, a B. B. Okay, there you go. There you B. go. That's not, that's not bad. I just want to get some context behind it. That's no, all. no, yeah. no. We, Mike's like, screw all yeah, that. Yeah, you're a homer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think we all know where the Seahawks were thinking. You know, thinking this guy looks great. We should take him. Value yeah. be damned. I just think that that you just have to be careful doing that. I'm probably at like a C on it to give it a grade. Oh, I like, thought you weren't even giving it a passing grade. I guess no, because because Kenneth is nasty. Like I said this on the Kenneth's recap. Really good. We recapped the show. We recapped the draft on Sunday. We did a show. Uh, put it out Monday. Like I remember, Ken. I don't even watch college football, and I remember like watching the Michigan game thinking, did this kid just have yeah. five touchdowns and run through like a good- his Michigan game was, was like disgusting. Like yeah. I, I, <laughs> it was, it was that, a pure highlight reel in one game. That was, it was, it was absurd. Like that's, that put, I was like, Oh, the Seahawks hit that guy. Like I joked with, um, with Evan, um, camera Evans last day right now. Uh, Hill. Yeah. Evan Hill. I joked with him like a month before on Twitter, like, Oh, the Seahawks and, he freaked out. <laughs> and, and I get the, I get the freak out because, you know, like, for example, my homie just texted me today. He was like, you know, he's a Patriots fan, but he was like, I was going through drafts. Shout out to my homie, Kurt. He was like, I was going through some drafts late, lately. Like, you know, what's crazy. The giants took Saquon number two overall. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> it, and it's a lot of the same logic that Seahawks fans are using. Now the player is so fun. I don't care about the positional value. Which like is different, obviously. I pick forty-one versus pick two, but see how the logic can be dangerous. Yeah. Like that you like a yeah. guy so much that you ignore positional value. That's how you end up taking a Leonard Fournette at four or whatever, or even a Christian McCaffrey yeah. at eight or nine. Like you can't fall in love with a guy too much, you know. But that said, I like, I like Kevin. So, so Sam, actually, Sam, did you tell, where are you at? Did you tell us where you're at on this? No, so, <laughs> I gave my official grade of a C as well, actually, okay. right. and uh, and people were not happy with that grade. Um, cause obviously the people who agree with it are like, yeah, okay. And then people are angry or like all up in your comments and all up in your DMS <laughs> and stuff. And that's always fun. Um, so here's, here's my thing. And, and, and I'm going to kind of echo what you guys said, uh, with a lot of what you guys said. And, and for me, it comes down to positional value and who else was on the board for me. Andrew Booth was sitting there. It was a late right. first, early the second round grade. Clemson, right? They needed a cornerback. Yeah. From Clemson. He fits the scheme. I didn't get it. I don't get, I'm guessing he fell 
because of injuries. I'm guessing because he fell because of more of a medical reason, um, mainly because it seems like he was always dinged up in college. And he even commented recently, which is kind of concerning that he was like, this is the healthiest I've been since high school or something. Oh, and God, I was like, yeah. that's, you don't say that day one. That's like, that's like, <laughs> that's like the tweet we save for being like this. Why don't take him? <laughs> like, you don't say that. Um, so, but he was actually the guy that I wanted them to take uh, because cornerback was a need. It was a high position of value. He was, he would have been a steal or whatever you want to call it, where he was better, better, higher big draft board versus where he would have gone. And that would have checked all my boxes and been a solid A grade pick. And so in terms of more of the process of taking a running back, uh, first off, I get the counter argument of saying, all we have left on the roster next year is DJ Dallas. That basically we have we have a need in that respect if Rashad Penny does not get re-signed. But that's next year. That's <laughs> for me, for me, a running back, you do not need him to develop. He's a plug-and-play player. There is, I, I don't even in my boards, the way I do calculations for running backs, I don't even have an upside column because it's 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 for me, it's either you have it or you don't. And there are, and for me, it's, it's, you're either going to plug and play in the system or you don't. And, and it's, and it's, it's like the one position I have in my entire like spreadsheet or rubric where I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's going to be like the same dude he is in three years as he is now, except for more, like more wear and tear. And, yeah. and, and, so, and so the way I kind of view this is that purely from a talent perspective, he's a second round grade. He is a very, very good player. He has, incredible balance he has good quickness he has a little bit of power but he's more of that elusive slippery guy in space um his fit in a zone running scheme the same one that wa that seattle will run it's perfect he yeah. will be a perfect fit in this scheme and the thing is that his vision is probably the best in the class mm. it is it's it's overall as a pure runner i'm not even sure i said i gave a negative in terms of his running talent when I made my video on him. I don't even remember my negative on him, to be honest with you, when it comes to his <laughs> running ability. He's that good. As a pass catcher and in the passing game, his pass protection is horrible. It's god-awful. I would never use him in pass protection until he fixes that up. It almost seemed like he just didn't care about it. I watched him just watch a pass rusher go by and allow him to hit the quarterback. There... There were plays, and I think that was against Michigan too. Like he was just like, nah, I got five touchdowns. I don't need to do this. Like it was him as a pass catcher. He showed the upside, albeit with a limited route tree. He was basically sitting in the flat. He was basically sitting out there as kind of an outlet, but he didn't really do much else. And and you can't really knock a player for that because like that's Michigan State. Like if if you're another team, uh, Texas A&M with Spiller or Brees Hall with Iowa State, for example. They use them on pivots. They use them on wheel routes, those two running backs. Uh, they use them on a variety of positions and 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 routes to utilize their full skill set. Michigan State just said, nah, you're a good running back. We're going to use you as a good runner. That's it. And, and so I don't want to say that bothers me, but but it's, it's, it's like if I'm a coach and I have this dude that can be a good pass catcher, why wouldn't I just also split him outside or put him in the slot? do something else with him beyond just screens and kind of that little flat check down. And, may, and maybe that's just like me, like overthinking things or something like that. But like as a pure runner, like it's a plus, like the dude is fin the dude is fantastic. 
And so the reason why I gave him a C value, even though he fits the board in terms of like his grade, uh, uh, in terms of like where he could potentially be, it just comes down to there are bigger, much bigger needs in terms of what I would have done with that pick. This this team is awful. Like it's it's not like we don't need to sugarcoat this. It's not we're not as bad as the Jets, but we're relatively. <laughs> the Jets had a bad. good draft, by the way. I think the Jets had a good draft for what. Jeff had, Jets had a really good draft, and but they also had like what four top forty picks or something. <laughs> right, right, like, right. They should have had a good, good draft. Yeah, yeah. They they did the be- they did a good job with those picks, minus Brees Hall, uh, overall. Like even though I like uh, even though I like Hall, I think I didn't think that was a good pick. Um, but anyways, the team has enough needs and needs enough talent elsewhere that this is a luxury mm. if they really love a running back next year and they don't have one on the roster like Rashad Penny's he's gone he's doing something else and and they still have just have DJ Dallas I would be more okay with a second or late second or third round type running back next year when they don't already have a Rashad Penny on the roster for me running backs are just as simple as can he run does he fit the scheme let's throw him in I think we're at that point where I just, I just don't see, I don't, I don't, I don't even, he has to be freaking elite in order to make up for the difference in war. Well, wins over wins above replacement in order to make up for like a a defensive player or an offensive lineman or something like that. And that's what kind of, that's what kind of bothers me, but I get it. If you're the Seahawks and how much they love running the ball, like it's, it's not, it's not lost on me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that on top of that, beyond the fact that none of those running backs are under contract next year, beyond DJ, it's just like none of the running backs really stay yeah. healthy. They can't either. Yeah. That would probably be in Seattle's calculus there. Like Chris Carson, we don't know what's going on with his neck. You don't know whether he'll be able to play in training camp or whatever. Rashad is healthy currently, but we know that doesn't like stay yeah, consistent, you know, uh, throughout the course of a season. Travis Homer, as much as he's even just the third down back, he gets hurt a lot. Yeah. Like, which is kind of crazy. I was thinking about that the other day when I saw a picture of him. So that was probably in their calculus, too. Like, I know what they were thinking. I also yeah. think, though, to be fair to you, Sam. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are not alone in that thinking of like how plug and play running backs can be. Pete yeah. Carroll damn near said the same thing after the draft. I think it was Maz Vita. Shout out to the homie Maz after the draft. Asked Pete, he asked him to contrast the readiness between quarterbacks and running backs coming into the draft, which is clearly a huge gap. But yeah. Pete, in, in his answer, Pete was basically like, Yeah, like with running backs, we expect to just Bro. hand them the ball and they know where to go. They've been running the same play, they've been running <laughs> the same play fumble. for seven years, <laughs> all of high school, all of college, and now the NFL. It's the same play. Yeah, yeah. It, it, same read, same everything. There's some power. There's some. There's some counter. There's some, there's some zone. Yeah, yeah, some zones. There's some. some it's, it's just getting used to speed and and like and like using your skill set. Yeah. So so I th- I think the counter that that people have said, well, you can't like wh- which running back are you going to take instead? You know, I feel like that's always like the counter is like um, right. like where someone says um, you can always find running backs later. Then it's like, all right, why don't you just pick a running back right now? Uh, with their two fourth round picks, and and I like Kobe Bryant. With their fourth round picks, take two running backs. Like I, like I'm, I would be cool with a fourth and a sixth round running back. Like that wouldn't bother me. To me, yeah. to me, that would be filling the team with depth, 
you're 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 preventing yourself from putting too much assets in one one player or one position, especially at the running back position. You got a Damian Pierce, who I love. Who I liked him too. Or you, you could have gotten Brian. Ro- I guess Brian Robinson went in the third round. Um, a Damian Pierce who went in the fourth, and you could grab someone way later in the sixth. And just and 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 if you read the scouting reports, people are pretty obvious about whether or not they fit a zone blocking scheme. They'll they'll just literally say only fit zone blocking scheme. That's it. <laughs> just grab that guy. <laughs> just like grab that one dude. It's like got him. He's mine. Yeah, I like the kid from BYU too. Um, I think he went to Atlanta in the fifth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he they did. have the same scheme. Just take yeah, him. I think take him uh, in the late fourth. Shoot, Atlanta liked him so much they cut the homie Mike Davis right away. Yeah, like you know that, that's they cut, Mike, they cut Mike before Tyler. I think is the the running back's name. They cut Mike before Tyler showed up to rookie camp. That's a fifth round pick. Now that they probably have other reasons, I don't know. They saved like two million dollars, which ain't a lot, but like that just goes to show you how plug and play running backs are. Like you don't even gotta take a couple rookies. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you on that. I want to. I'm glad. I'm glad within that though. We also talked about what Kenneth can do, what he wasn't able to do, because I think we all agree though. You. You spend five minutes watching this kid on YouTube. You're like, oh, I see yeah. running back. This is the greatest running back ever. Like, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up being like a top five running back next, like not this year because there's Rashad Penny, obviously, but the following year in terms of like yards and those kind of metrics, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, the dude's good. It's just how much better is he relative to what you could have got later on and how you can allocate that capital better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we had to do uh, at the athletic, all 32 writers had to say, like, who's going to be the most impactful rookie in the class? And I like wanted to pick Charles. And I was just like, "Uh, you know what? It might be Kenneth Walker the third. Like, if he leaves the Seahawks in rushing this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like in the running for offensive rookie of the year. I would not be surprised. He could just put up numbers. I could see him easily putting up numbers in, in this system. I know some of those receivers are, you know, could put up some numbers too, but like, it would really, really, wouldn't really surprise me if he went for like twelve hundred yards or something like that. Because we've been seeing rookies do it. Mm-hmm. It seems like every year, you know, whether it's an Aaron Jones from the fifth round or a Philip Lindsay undrafted making the Pro Bowl or Chris Carson or whatever, you know, even a Alvin Kamara picked in the third round, Kareem Hunt in the third round. There's just so many, so many guys. So it will be fun though to compare Kenneth to some of those guys who were taken later. The kid from Brian, uh, Brian Robinson from Bama, the kid from BYU, yeah. even Abram Smith from Baylor, who I liked, who went undrafted. We'll see. It'll be fun to, to monitor, just like we're monitoring uh, the, the running back, or excuse me, the linebacker that the Ravens took yeah. right after uh, Jordan Brooks. Can't remember his name right now. Queen Patrick. Something. Queen. Patrick yeah. Queen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every once in a while, there's a draft. Like, all right, we're gonna watch these two guys. Like RG three Andrew Luck. Like, let's watch their careers. Like as they go one two, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Like. It'll be Kenneth and all the other running backs for for, for the Seahawks. Uh, let's let's go to the 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 Homer pick for Chris and I as Washington State grads. Oh, cool. Um, they go grab our boy Abe Lucas uh, in the in the third round with pick pick seventy two. Pick I loved. Pick I mocked with that exact spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's very similar as Charles Air Raid system. Considered to be way too athletic for us to even worry about him run blocking uh, because he's just you know that much of an athlete that he should be able to pick it up. That's at least what. Pete Carroll said that's what Mason Miller, his uh, O-line coach in Washington State, said. Talked to Mason. You know, he also coached cross at Mississippi State because Mike Leach coached at both schools. So when you watch Abe, do you see that same thing? Like a guy that's so athletic, we don't have to worry about whether he can learn to block in a three-point stance in the pros? So I'm going to say it this way. Yes and no. The yes side of me wants to be happier about that pick. It wants it wants to be happier about the fact that they spent – capital on a right tackle in the third round 
when they also just spent capital on a left tackle in the first round. I want to be a lot happier about the pick. But with that being said, I think he has the athleticism to play in this scheme. I think he has solid length and solid quickness to do a lot of the blocks and what they're offering. And obviously, he's going to have to learn a lot in terms of uh, it's an air raid system similar as what we said to Charles Cross, where it's it's just not as big of a run blocking scheme as opposed to kind of like your base zone blocks typically. The thing that worries me, he is way, he gets way too out leveraged whenever he starts kick sliding backwards. So instead of staying smooth and staying balanced, like you see Charles Cross, who just does it beautifully. He's like the best kick slider like I've seen in a long time. It's great. Abe Lucas is like the opposite. This Uh-oh. dude gets too tall. <laughs> he's on his toes. If if I am rushing him and I'm going to pick uh, Aiden Hutchinson, I'm going to pick George Karloftis. I'm going to pick a um, – who's the guy from Las Vegas? Uh, Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Speed to power. He will get destroyed. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is he's going to open his hips. He's going to kind of step backwards, kind of be too much too much weight forward. He's going to be too tall. He's going to get so out leveraged. He's going to get knocked out of the way. Going against speed to power on the edge will be his downfall. Mm-hmm. He can learn. But a lot of that comes down to footwork, your balance, and your base immediately after the snap. And this is something he's going to have to pretty much redevelop from the start. And so what bothers me is that while third, while the third round is roughly where the big board kind of had him, uh, the guys I trust, kind of like like Brandon Thorne, for example, and like mm-hmm. the, the, the these guys that really understand offensive line play, they had him a lot lower uh, than the third round. They had him in the fourth or fifth round. And, and the reason is because he has to basically redevelop his footwork and his base in order to kind of restart for his learnings on the right side. Now, with that being said, though, <clears throat> he has the quickness, he has the athleticism, he has the length, and he has the overall skill set that you look for for a right tackle in a zone-blocking scheme. That gives me the upside and the promise of saying, hey, at least they spent a pick on the offensive line and I cannot, I, I'm happy they did that. And I'm more than happy to give that a B or B plus type grade because they at least addressed the position, albeit it may not have been the guy I wanted. The guy I wanted went, uh, let's see, where is he? I'm trying to look on the, the kid from Minnesota. Uh, the LSU guy, uh, or not else. I'm not LSU. Uh, where is he? Where is he? Oh, the Louisiana guy. Uh, I think it was Tulsa, uh, not Tulsa. Yeah. Kid from Tulsa went in the first round to the Cowboys. Yeah, it's like, dude. Oh, here it is. Uh, Ohio State, Nicholas. Oh, Petit. yeah. Freer? Freer? I don't that know how guy. to say it. Yep. We know who you're <laughs> talking Nicholas. about, though. Yeah. Kid yeah. from Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. Dude, he went to the Tennessee Titans in the third round. Uh, and it, granted, he went three picks before Abe Lucas. But I think this comes down to the fact that you didn't have to take Kenneth Walker, did you? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, Again, I'm fine with the pick. I also w- would have been fine with uh, Bernard Raymond. I thought I thought that Central Michigan offensive tackle. I thought he, I thought he fell a lot more than he should have, even though he is kind of older. Uh, mm. Again, I'm not like unhappy about the pick, but I'm just 
I'm going to temper my expectations considering that they still have uh, Stone still on the roster, and I'm really hoping he's just going to win the job outright. Speaking of winning the job, based on what you've seen film-wise and given the opportunity to compete, as Pete will probably have him do, could he beat out Jake Curran for that starting job this summer, you think? Uh, it's a good question. I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to have an interesting camp battle because with Charles okay. Cross taking that left tackle spot, I, I hope we have a three-way competition between Curran and Stone and, and Lucas and whoever plays the best is in and, and they can actually get really good reps throughout preseason. I think, I think that right tackle spot during preseason is going to be so much fun to watch. And I say that as like a, like a degenerate watching preseason clips <laughs> and, and, and against a backup edge rusher to see how they do. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm optimistic, but part of me thinks no. <laughs> All right. No, I mean, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to play right tackle. Um, it's hard you know, in, in the NFL. Just jump, jumping right in. And also, I think that we got to remember, like some of these guys, they do have the the height, the athleticism, some of the production. But it's like they're they're in the back of the draft for a reason, not the back of the draft. But like, if yeah. Abe could do all, if Abe's kick sliding was a lot smoother, he would have been in the first round. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he has the upside that he, yeah, he'd probably be like a second round pick or even like a late first if he if he consistently showed better footwork and kind of um, ability to take on kind of like a like ability to kind of transition with the steps like that. I think he would have been a lot higher if he, if he could do that. Our worry is that if, if he can never really consistently learn to kind of do that, right? Okay. Yeah, this will be – I noted this um, after the draft. Like Andy Dickerson, first-time offensive line coach for the Seahawks, used to be the run game coordinator in L.A. and was the run game coordinator uh, mm -hmm. last year for the Seahawks. Like this is going to be a challenge for him. Like he's going to have to like, all right, coach these dudes. These guys have clear flaws like in their game. Get them right in your first yeah. time. That's, I'm the, that's 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 why I'm optimistic because Andy Dickerson just knows the scheme so well, and I I I think it's a I think we have a good combination with him and Shane Waldron in terms of kind of how they're picking players that fit the scheme, um, and and they're embracing that. Whereas I feel like in the past we've kind of had this uh, shotgun inside zone mixing in with a little bit of gaps and gap and power type system, whereas now it's it's as pure wide zone as you possibly can get and, and i think with that in mind it's easier to find the profiles that fit your system because you because you have a defined profile it's not like oh this these these two kids could both fit it but they have completely different skill sets but they both fit the schemes we have to debate which skill sets are more important for me it's more like we now have the scheme and do you fit the scheme then where on the list are you on the for like talent it feels it feels like an easier checklist but maybe i'm biased because i just do like the wide zone scheme all right so sam we'll get you we'll get you out of here on this we didn't get a chance to talk about um i think the, the top four picks are the ones who have the chance to be most impactful i think we can all um kind of agree barring some injuries at some other spots um but obviously they took kobe bryant um mm -hmm. with pick 109 guy I liked that of cincinnati um they took Tariq woolen from utsa another guy I liked yeah. freak athlete like six, six four th 34 inch arms ran four two six like you got to take him that's just ridiculous yeah yeah. Just take him in the fifth and just groom Ziolo him. pick. Yeah, just yeah. Um, they also took Bo Melton, uh, receiver out of um, Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th Young. I thought he fell. Like I, th I thought he fell a little too far, and I was, I was happy they took him. Yeah, who? Well, Derek Young out of Lenore Ryan. Yeah, um, took him in the seventh, and then I'm missing one. Tyreek Smith, the edge rusher yeah. at Ohio State. Like considering those five guys, um, with the four that we talked about in more depth, you mm -hmm. know, take that, take those nine. Let's ignore the UDFAs just for the moment since so they're not official yet. Take yeah. those nine, take the guys who are already on the roster, 
take the free agent additions of Uchenna and and um, Artie Burns and bring it back Justin Coleman and Quentin Jefferson and and uh, Shelby Harris, Noah Fan, Drew Locke, re-signing mm-hmm. Geno. Take all that. Take all the moves that they've made in the post-Russell Wilson, Bobby uh, Ragnar era. Where are you at now with the 2022 Seahawks? Like how more or less confident are you now that you've kind of seen their offseason in totality? Yeah, really good question. Um, I guess going back to um, kind of some of the draft picks, uh, Kobe Bryant, I think he's going to be able to, I think he's going to play a lot more snaps than we think right now. I, th- I think he fits the scheme perfectly. He's a he's really good man press cornerback and he has really good instincts. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think, I think he fell a full round further down than he should have. Right. Um, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he, he, for me, that was an A plus pick for the record. He's very competitive, solid ball skills. I think that with Sauce Gardner there, like everyone saw Sauce and they didn't see Kobe, who is like obviously not as good, but he still has a lot of talent. I think it was a great one-two punch that they had. Um, Overall, if you're going to look at this team and compare it to last year, I think I would probably compare it to the the team that was when Geno Smith was on the field and we can kind of ignore the Russell Wilson bad games or whenever he was on the field. I think they are significantly improved from that roster. I, th- I think they fixed a lot of holes. I think they have a lot more talent overall on the team. I guess, obviously, the issue is how much is losing your franchise quarterback. Uh, yeah, there's the, a big caveat know, there, Sam. Yeah, that, that's the big <laughs> caveat is that uh, compared to those Geno Smith games that we watched, we're a lot better. Compared to the, uh, the good Russell Wilson games we watched in the beginning of the year, we're a lot worse. So mm-hmm. I think Damn. there's things to be optimistic about. I'll say, I'll say that. And I'm, I'm going to be hopefully focusing on those. Yeah, no, I think in totality, there is like an optimistic view of the team. Like the running backs, if healthy, should be good. Even if it's just Kenneth yeah. and Rashad should be fine. There's That's reasons to, yeah, there's reasons to like what they're doing up, up, up front, you know, independent of the center spot, you know, yeah. um, the receivers are obviously fine. Two tight ends. Should be decent, should be you know. Honestly, if their cornerback room, the week one is, or let's say this is their starting DBs week one is Trey Brown, Sydney. Co- say it's Trey Brown, Kobe Bryant, um, Quandre Sydney Diggs, uh, Quandre Coleman, Diggs, uh, Coleman. Justin, Coleman Justin Coleman, and Jamal Adams. Like, yeah, Justin Coleman back in the slot where he was one of the best slot corners in the league in 2018. Like, yeah, and then uh, we still know about Cody, but you got Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor, Big Al, Puna. Throw Shelby Harris in there, Uchenna. Like, there's some pieces there. The big question mark, boy, is who's going to be throwing everybody the ball? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that's that that that's the that's the tough one. But we'll, we're going to have some more time to talk about that later in the offseason, maybe during the season, Sam, because you know you're going to be back on. You know, Appreciate we're gonna, it. I mean, we might need to have you on after the preseason to say let help have you. Uh, we might do a whole episode <laughs> where we decide who should be the starter. Oh, that could be a fun one. That would be great because me and Chris have a we have Start, a wager. starting quarterback or starting yeah starting right quarterback tag. yeah quarterback uh, <laughs> right Chris right tackle is gonna be more fun. Uh, I, Chris has a hundred dollars on on Drew. I got a hundred on Gino. Just between oh, each okay. other, not with like Fanduel or anything. <laughs> so we might need an independent um, viewer. Interesting question. That's actually yeah. is sh- d- should I make my pick? Pre preseason, or is it is it after the pre? I guess we'll know after, by the end of preseason. After. Yeah, yeah. We'll, no, I, we, we, we might know? bring. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll bring. Know. We might be able to bring some you on. Maybe we could do a whole panel where people give their opinion. Yeah. You know, before Pete makes it official, that might That'd be, be the tentative yeah. plan to have that. You know, 
get the suspense going. Let's get some reps, watch some preseason games. Because that, that should be an interesting battle. I won't use the word fun. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I can't use it. I got different definitions of fun. And are we saying starting as in they take the the, the opening First. day snap? Yep, yep. week one. Week what else do they get benched by like week two? That's fine. That's fine. You still okay. win. Okay. We, in terms of our bet. That's that's fine. They have to win week one. The week one job. Take happens those if first there's steps. an injury and one dude just replaces the other when he gets healthy. We'll count. Yeah, considered- we'll, yeah. We'll yeah. Just, it's off. Yeah. This <laughs> okay. is why we did it with ourselves and not like FanDuel or DraftKings. <laughs> they wouldn't account for that shit. They just take our take money. money. <laughs> yeah, they, they'll just take your money. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that is Sam Gold, man. Just film guru, expert. Just love the insight, man. Love the work you do. Uh, Sam, shout out your Twitter and your YouTube channel um, that I'm subscribed to. I love it. So shout all that out so people can uh, check out your work. Yeah, it's uh, Twitter's at Samuel R. Gold and YouTube, just Samuel Gold NFL or Sam's Film Room. Yeah, man, it's great stuff. Can't recommend it enough. Um, really good content, really good insight. I learn something new every video. Yeah, um, I'll be having them on in the big ass TV in my house mm-hmm. watching the breakdowns of guys who ain't even on the Seahawks. So it's fun stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, for joining us. Thank you guys for tuning into the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Uh, we will catch you guys next time. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, Seahawks Man to Man. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Dugar. Follow Chris at CKid206. That's CKid, two Ds. Yes, 206. We'll catch you guys next time. Wow. You see, I this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.